Welcome to the Global Franchise Podcast, bringing you timely conversations with the decision makers behind the industry's biggest brands. I'm Kieran McLoon, editor for Global Franchise Magazine. Canon is something new for franchising. It's the um, it's the fastest growing industry in the world. Um, it is the smallest anchor I've ever seen in a shopping center. A fifteen hundred to two thousand square foot dispensary does the same sales per square foot as a Louis Vuitton or an Apple store. So it it drives traffic to these centers that have they were struggling a little bit before, but with the last couple of years during the pandemic, they've been struggling more and more. And in franchising. If, if cannabis is going to be a projected to be a $60 billion industry by 2025, 2026, what percentage can franchising be of that? We've touched on cannabis franchising on the podcast before and have actually had one of today's guests join us previously. Mike Weinberger, Chief Franchise Officer for Unity Road, came on the podcast back in June of 2020 to talk about the opportunities present within this nascent industry. He touched on the challenges created by federal laws, but was hopeful that the brand's exponential growth would see it continue to attract experienced, savvy investors. Well, since that episode, Unity Road has been purchased by Item 9 Labs Corp, a vertically integrated dispensary franchisor. This time round, Mike joins us alongside Andrew Bowden, CEO of Item 9 Labs Corp, to catch up on where this emerging industry now finds itself. Has federal legalization inched closer, or do the same challenges and roadblocks still prohibit the kind of growth you'd expect with a more traditional franchise industry? Let's find out. Mike, you of course have actually been on the podcast previously, and we spoke back in, I think it was June of 2020, nearly a couple of years ago now, um, just about kind of the cannabis franchise industry at that time and um, challenges and roadblocks for the foreseeable future. And I wanted to sort of begin by sort of touching base, I guess, off the back of that conversation. Um, Mike, how would you say that cannabis franchising has evolved since you joined us um, nearly, you know, as we said, nearly a couple of years ago by this point? Yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, lots, lots changed in the world and lots changed in cannabis in the last two years. I think since we talked, there's been over 20, 20 new states that have come online in the U.S., both uh, recreationally and medicinally. Uh, Canada is, is, is legal now from a federal level, and um, cannabis is also legal in a few other international countries. So how that dovetails into franchising is it's starting to resonate more and more. Um, on the Unity Road side, we have signed over 20 entrepreneurial groups. We're in construction in over four states currently. Cannabis and franchising has become become something real, um, something tangible. I think it was it was very light two years ago, and now it's it's exciting times. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's very exciting to hear that you know we we have come quite away in what as you said it seems almost a lifetime ago, June of 2020. But um, Andrew, of course, one of the big uh, changes for Unity Road and yourself at um, Item Line Labs Corp is the acquisition of Unity Road back in um, March of last year. And I just kind of wanted to unpack that a little bit. What um, what led to that acquisition? What made you see Unity Road as you know a viable franchise brand that you wanted to bring into the fold? Absolutely. I think for for us, previously we were doing a licensing program, which would, as you can see, there's there's several different cannabis companies out there doing it. However, when looking at that program, when I stepped into Item 9 Labs a little over two years ago um, as CEO, 
I was really intrigued by different ways to utilize um, kind of that licensing program and found franchising through that process, you know, was, was dig- digging deep into how much uh, time and cost it would take to get there. And we, f- we ended up finding Mike and, and uh, his partners at one cannabis group, um, you know, the parent company of unity road. And, and, you know, it did take some time to, to get all the way to a close. It took about a year, but, you know, through that, through that full year, we were working um, in sync with both companies kind of sharing services back and forth. And so it really did build our team in a, in a great way. So, um, you know, we were looking at franchising before, um, before we found one cannabis group. However, they really had it nailed and, and they were about three years ahead of the curve. And so it just, it just turned into a great marriage and a great, uh, great partnership. Absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like it was, um, you know, a, a match waiting to happen really with the sort of work you guys were looking to do with IM9 Labs. Um, before we get into the the nitty gritty of Unity Road, um, I wondered if we'd be able to uh, look into why cannabis franchising as an industry um, is something that you guys think that um, people should get involved with, why you think it's maybe one of the most exciting industries at the moment, albeit, you know, a very emerging one where there's still growth and development to take place. Um, Andrew, would you be able to start us off on that one? Yeah, definitely. I'll start us off because I know Mike can dive much, much deeper uh, into that right. as, as he's uh, 20 years in the franchise industry. So, um, you know, when you look at cannabis as a whole, you know, really what you're looking at is you're looking at uh, several MSOs, which are multi-state operators out there. Um, you're looking at kind of state conglomerates, which, you know, they're kind of trying to take over one single state. And, you know, you are seeing that the single store operators are really not able to stick around with, you know, with those other pieces in there because they don't have the buying power um, of the, of the multi-state operators or the state conglomerates. They don't have the relationships. um, They don't have the access to capital. So really franchising is the only way for them to survive, uh, you know, in this extremely rapidly growing industry. Um, And, you know, it's what keeps, businesses locally owned and operated. And we, when we look at state level regulations with, with state level regulations, states are trying to keep multi-state operators out of their states. We're actually the first, uh, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong here, but we're the first public company to own a license outright in Colorado. And they actually told us that when we went through the process with the uh, Colorado MED. And so Again, they're really trying to keep the multi-state operators out of their states. Um, there are certain states that have, you know, a, a regulation on five different stores is, is the maximum amount of stores that somebody can have in that state. However, if they have different owners and operators, um, then that can be expanded over time. So, Mike, uh, anything else you want to add to that? No, I think Andrew um, nailed it when he talked about how. Um, cannabis needs franchising and I'll, I'll flip the coin over and talk about how franchise needs cannabis. Right. I'm a 20 year franchise vet. I'm a franchise attorney and I have seen, I've been a part of a lot of different concepts over my, my career. I, I, I truly believe that I've seen enough uh, smoothie concepts. I've been a part of three of them, burgers, fitness, heart rate monitors. Uh, cannabis is something new. Cannabis is something new for franchising. It's the, um, it's the fastest growing industry in the world. Um, it is the smallest anchor I've ever seen in a shopping center. A 1,500 to 2,000 square foot dispensary 
does the same sales per square foot as a Louis Vuitton or an Apple store. So it, it drives traffic to these centers that have, they were struggling a little bit before, but with the last couple of years during the pandemic, they've been struggling more and more. Um, and in franchising, if, if cannabis is going to be a projected to be a $60 billion industry by 2025, 2026, what percentage can franchising be of that? So if you put what Andrew stated before in conjunction with what franchising really needs, I think it's, I think it's a great time for any multi-unit operators or people from communities that want to give, give back to their community um, with some generational wealth. I think cannabis is that vehicle. It is that vehicle for change and there's also a good opportunity to um, to be locally owned and operated. Cannabis needs franchising as much as fran- franchising needs cannabis, in my opinion. And uh, Mike, if we could just dive into the the specific Unity Road franchise network and where that stands at the moment. I know you kind of touched upon that at the beginning there, but um, what does the network look like in terms of the number of operators you've got, your kind of pipelines, but also secondary to that, have you seen that interest uh, in your franchise opportunity exponentially grow as you know acceptance of cannabis has widened across the states? I mean, at the beginning, you mentioned you know, you've had 20 new states come online in um, the past couple of years. Has that had a real tangible impact on your guys' development? Yeah, we we've been growing at a pretty good clip um, internally. We've been adding to our our teams. We're over uh, eighteen people that, that support our franchisees on a daily basis, right? From marketing to construction to real estate to operations to training. Our franchise development team has been adding people just to be able to figure out who we should award these franchises to. There's a pretty robust process there, but. We've been blessed with a very good team and very good people who want to join our uh, Unity Road Item 9 family. So in Maine, we're under construction in Old Dunkin' Donuts. That should open this summer. In New Jersey, uh, they just uh, started accepting applications last week. So we put five in in the state of New Jersey with five different franchise groups. In New York, there's we have a few um, forecasted, but they're still waiting for the state laws. Uh, Michigan, we have two franchisee groups. Illinois, we have one. South Dakota, um, they're under construction and should open this summer. We also added a, um, a partner in Oklahoma through our local alliance program. So there was an operator in Oklahoma who she realized, as Andrew alluded to, that it's very hard to compete with the bigger companies and the multi-state operators. So she's taken her dispensary that she's had for a couple of years and rebranded as Unity Road. In New Mexico, we just were awarded three licenses um, about 10 days ago. So our our pipeline of future franchisees and existing franchisees and operations has grown quite a good clip over the last two years. It's, it's exciting to say out loud. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it's um, you know been nothing but growth for you guys, which is great to hear, and uh, uh, it seems set to continue uh, for the rest of the year, which is really great. Um, Andrew, I know that one of the the biggest um, challenges facing cannabis franchising at the moment is the fact that you know cannabis isn't federally legal like it has been recently in Canada, and I mean over here in the UK where we're currently based with Global Franchise, you know cannabis isn't legal at all. So I imagine you wouldn't open a, a Unity Road in this market, but do you foresee? Um, federal legalization happening anytime soon or will we continue to see this kind of state by state legalization happening in the foreseeable future federal legalization is a tough one as what we've seen with cannabis it's really dependent you know each state is completely different um so as we walk into other states it's almost like we're walking into other countries right now um and so i i don't necessarily see federal legalization in the next uh you know five years 
However, what I am going to you know say is that we are going to see state by state, it's going to start opening up more and we're going to be able to transport likely across state lines as long as licenses are there. Um, that's just obviously my opinion on it. However, federal legalization is going to take a, a much bigger chunk, right? We're going to have to look at each state and how it's going to be regulated on a federal level, but then also, you know, if those states are going to comply with, with federal regulations around it. If we look at cannabis as a whole, I've been asked this question multiple times about what happens if the, uh, it goes federally legal and we have the FDA, um, you know, overseeing what we're doing. And, and what I talk about, it's very interesting, but we've got some of the most stringent testing requirements. And so, the food that we eat is actually not being tested as uh, uh, scrupulous, I guess you could say, um, as cannabis is at this point. And so I don't think that's going to be an issue. But, you know, as a whole, all of the regulations and being able to lock down each different state and, and how they're going to utilize those regulations is going to be an issue. Um, but I but I do see it in the in the future, you know, possibly, uh, you know, five, 10 years down the road. And um, it's sort of, uh, we mentioned, you know, multi-state operations. And as you say, for the most part, you can't transport cannabis across state lines because of um, federal, uh, you know, it's not federally legal and all the other associated uh, legal issues around that. But how how viable is multi-state operation at the moment? I mean, even in states where cannabis is legal, you know, does do those kind of roadblocks make supply chains, for example, incredibly challenging to deal with at the minute? And do you see that becoming easier, as you say, as more states come online? Yeah, well, I'll talk a little bit about what we do, right? So with Item 9 Labs Corp and Unity Road, what we're doing is we're walking into other states with the franchises. And as we walk into those states with the franchise franchisees, we're also targeting those states. Say we have three or four franchisees in that state. We're going to target that state and bring in our cultivation and production into that state. Um, right now, since it's not federally legal, we can't transport across state lines. So we do actually have to have cultivation and production in that state uh, currently. However, you know, we've, we've got a lot of room to grow um, across uh, in Arizona and, and other states as well. But we are going to target those states, bring our cultivation production in and, and supply our franchisees with our products. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's tricky for you guys, I understand, because if you compare it to the likes of QSR, you can have essentially one, I don't know, warehouse where you can then send it out. But it makes sense that you're almost taking your entire model, bringing it into the state. Um, it's kind of a different way to look about it as you might other franchise industries. But it, you know, it, it's what I understand you guys have to do currently. And uh, Mike, a bit of a a bit of a tricky question because I imagine this is you know far flung future, but here at Global Franchise, of course, we focus on international franchising concepts. Um, now, you know this isn't going to happen, of course, within the next few years. But do you foresee cannabis being an international opportunity moving forward, even if that's just, for example, between um, the US and Canada or other countries that are nearby and also have the same sort of legalization? Yeah, hundred percent. I see it. I see it coming sooner than people think. Right. Um, there is a, for, for a few reasons, there's a huge, um, institutional knowledge base that started in Colorado 12 years ago, um, from the birthplace of legal cannabis. That's what I call Colorado other than maybe, um, Amsterdam. And since then it's been moving across the U S and going into Canada. And as these other countries are coming online, um, they don't have that, that knowledge, that base. So what they're doing is pulling from. U.S. resources 
And with that, franchising will pull with it. So in Canada right now, there are, I believe, three uh, three franchisors, and they, they're over 40 to 50 units each. Um, so Canada is a little farther ahead on the franchising curve in cannabis than the U.S. just because of federal legalization there. Mm. But I do see... I do see consolidation or brands moving across that um, from north to south, from Canada to the U.S. And I, I also believe that um, a master master franchise agreements across the rest of the countries across the globe um, will be coming. Um, our development team is blessed with being um, very good at um, international development. We've um, internally we've sold over fifty countries for other concepts, and it is part of our future future plan. Um, not today, but in the next few years, as things continue to evolve, that um, you look to see Unity Road across the globe, not just the U.S. Yeah, no, that's quite exciting to hear. You know that as you, it seems that once that federal legalization does occur, it will really open the floodgates for you guys, and you'll be able to properly develop across markets, let alone across state lines. Um, my final question for the both of you kind of touches on uh, a lot of things that we've spoken about throughout this episode, and that's just um, any big trends or changes that you both think um, might come in the pipeline for cannabis franchising uh, for 2022 or onwards, uh, whether that's you know changes around legalization, just trends around franchising and how you operate. Um, Mike, would you be able to start us off on that one? Yeah, absolutely. Personal opinion is that franchising is going to be a thing in um, 2022 and, and beyond. I think we've talked about it a lot as an idea, but now that um, Unity Road has been able to succeed kind of domestically of opening locations and bringing in franchise groups and Canada is moving at a pretty good clip, I'm seeing um, some other concepts in cannabis and franchising. We are not the only one. Uh, I spoke at the International Franchise Association conference a few weeks ago, which was great to be able to actually have a platform there. And we had a panel. We had a panel of other people who are in cannabis and franchising. So I believe, I do believe there it's going to be in the conversation, right? Cannabis and franchising. And that ties out with what's going on in the cannabis markets, which as Andrew alluded to, a lot of uh, MSOs, multi-state operators, there's over 10 companies, maybe 11 that have a billion dollar market cap. And that's good for them. But while that's happening, a lot of the local municipalities and jurisdictions are really pushing on keeping it local, keep it local, bring in local operators. Well, as Andrew alluded to, the only way a local operator is going to compete with a billion dollar company is through a franchise model where they have the support of the team, the, the brand recognition, the market penetration, all those things that come from franchising. And I think, I think there's going to be a really interesting dynamic between um, franchising and keeping local business ownership alive and thriving versus the big, the bigger companies. So those are a couple of my takes. Yeah. That comes back to, I suppose, the message of, you know, cannabis needs franchising as much as the other way around. So um, certainly seems like that partnership will strengthen in this year and onwards. Uh, and Andrew, did you have any other closing thoughts on kind of trends that we may see this year in the industry? Yeah, actually really quick, wanted to jump back to uh, your previous question about kind of that federal legalization sure. and just add what we've got for, for growth. Um, so we actually sit in Arizona on 50 acres we only have two 10,000 square foot buildings on that, um, you know, and, and so we're poised for for growth if it does go federally legal. We've got uh, 640,000 square feet of operations currently under construction right now. It's 
it's in phase one and we do have six different phases, which will take about three years um, to get to the end of that. And that's uh, 80,000 of indoor high quality um, grow facilities. And then uh, 314,000 square feet of greenhouses, as well as 60,000 of ancillary buildings for the greenhouses and five acres of outdoor. So um, being able to kind of grow with that market and be able to transport across state lines will be will be uh, great once we do hit that federal legalization. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly sounds like you're really prepared for that explosive growth once inevitably, you know, that federal legalization does come around. Um, Well, thank you very much, Mike and Andrew, for joining us uh, for this episode. It's been really interesting kind of catching up on the latest from cannabis franchising. And I'd like to uh, have a similar conversation, hopefully a year from now, and we'll be in a very different place in a, a much more federally accepted place we'll just have to wait and see but uh yeah hope to speak to you guys again soon yeah thank you so much for having us i appreciate it thanks appreciate it it's always great to catch up with cannabis franchising professionals like mike and andrew as we're literally watching a new industry grow and develop before our very eyes even in the short time since mike last joined us many more states have come online for both medicinal and recreational cannabis and it sounds like it won't be long before the majority of the country allows for the kind of retail operation that unity road is developing one of the most interesting takeaways from our conversation was the point about how cannabis stores can take up a tiny amount of retail space and yet generate massive roi for their owners Compare this with more traditional retail opportunities, which have really struggled as of late, and you're looking at a huge shift in the way that we view the brick-and-mortar experience. We'd be keen to hear your thoughts on this. Have you considered cannabis franchising, or is the industry simply too new at the moment? Make sure to let us know. If you like the podcast, subscribe and recommend it to your friends and colleagues. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. To keep up to date with franchise news and have it put into context by the global franchise experts, subscribe to the magazine, hit us up at globalfranchisemagazine.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn today.